0: Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot, score! Jordan Eberle set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Terry Paranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins. On Oilers, on Radio. On Oilers Radio. 630 Shed.
1: For the second straight home game, the Edmonton Oilers are shut out tonight. The Arizona Coyotes strolling in and strolling out with a 4 nothing decision. Mike Smith returning from a long absence, 40 games with an injury. Back in the goal for the Coyotes, he makes 44 saves. The Oilers have not scored at home in 123 minutes and 3 seconds, going back to late in the third period against the New York Islanders. Reed Wilkins with you. Rob Brown will join us shortly. This is Overtime Open Line, courtesy of the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. We are in the Cabela's Broadcast Center, and we will go straight to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. What
2: would you make of uh, What would I make of
3: that out there tonight? Well, I would tell you that the smarter team won the game, hands down. We were the team we created 45, 46 shots on goal, whatever it was, but I don't recall other than Taylor's breakaway having one single outnumbered rush, four. Um, On the other end, we gave up five, maybe six clear-cut two-on-ones. Reckless pinches, no covers, we gave up a breakaway on our power play. Hansel walked in all by himself. We took a slashing minor to negate a power play about 15 seconds after the whistle went. We shot the puck out of the ice surface on a penalty kill from one end to the other when we had all the time in the world. We actually had seven guys on the ice tonight at one point and uh, got away with it for a warning. So formula for failure. And it's been going on. It's proven here over the years it's a formula for failure. And we just proved it again tonight. It's kind of insanity, isn't it, when you keep hitting your head against the wall and you get the same results? They're a team that just didn't give up anything. You know, they gave up a number of chances, but nothing outnumbered. They got good goaltending. They walked away with a 4 nothing win. Good for them. They deserved it. They were the smarter team.
4: Todd, often you will talk about the coaches have to look in the mirror first before they talk to the players, but when does it come down to these players have to take some responsibility for
3: what they do? Well, they do at times. But you can't be a part-time. You're not, if you're a parent and you're responsible only part-time, you're in trouble. Uh, you're a player, you're responsible only part-time, whether you're a forward, a D-man, a goaltender, you're in trouble. You fail more than you succeed. Simple as that.
1: Well, and the Oilers fail tonight for nothing against Arizona. McClellan's comments presented by GCL Diesel for all things Diesel. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I'm Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown is here as well. We've heard frustration from Todd McClellan a few times throughout the season, Rob, I, I heard frustration there and maybe more than anything, exasperation.
5: Yeah, and I, 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 there's, he's not the first coach that sounded like that after a game here over the last couple of years. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes uh, have, have not been playing well. Uh, this is a team that uh, overachieved early in the season and has struggled mightily in the, the second half. They, they've got some... You know, significant injuries, just like yours, but a big one with Ekman Larson not playing tonight. They got a goalie who hadn't played in a few months in net, and I know the Oilers tested him, but as we've said before, you can't be a perimeter team and play in the National Hockey League and have success. Um, the goalies are good, and if they've, if all the shots are coming from the outside, if there's no traffic, if there's no tips, uh, if, if the battles aren't being fought right in front of them, they're going to make the saves, and I know the Oilers had a number of shots tonight, but where's the battle? Where's the battle in the blue paint? And and it wasn't there enough. And you have a coaching staff right now that is wondering, you know, why is there not a consistent effort? And I think that when you see, if you look at the teams that are in the bottom third of the National Hockey League, the biggest thing they they lack is consistency. There'll be nights where they're they're great and they'll knock off a good team. and, And you're like, wow, here's where they turn the corner. And then the next night, it's a completely different game plan. And I think that's what you're seeing right now from the others. You see some great gritty performances and it's followed up by one that's a perimeter game again. And that's where the the coaching staff is left scratching their heads to see, guessing why it happened that way.
1: You can reach us 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We'll start the phone calls off with Greg. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing well.
2: So I was going to make a few quick comments. I'm, I think the the refs did a really good job tonight of killing any fun and, and excitement that the National Hockey League is trying to create in the games. Um, I mean, soft calls, bad calls, missed calls, uh, the misconducts I didn't agree with. I mean, Maroon's not really a goon, so why give him the 10? I understand. Like, they're taking the fun out of hockey, and, and I'm hoping that the hockey doesn't continue to trend this way because if, if it is, it's going to be a really boring sport to watch. So I'd like your opinion on that, and I also want to say, go Team Cooey, go! Oh
1: yeah, big win today for Alberta at the Briar. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, uh, Greg. I didn't get this. Uh, Greg, are you still on the line? Yeah. Did you see it? Did, was there a measurement in the team Yeah,
2: point? it looked it looked out, but it it,
1: it was just so barely had, in. So they had the one in the rings to tie, and then the winning point was just a barely a biter. Yep. Okay, well, thanks Class, for that update. Classic game, classic game. Because I'll have to watch the highlights uh, <laughs> later. He asked about officiating. Greg, no offense. I don't think that's the, the story tonight, given that it was for nothing, But since uh, you asked, um, there were some coincidental, well, three coincidental situations in the first period, a couple of embellishment calls.
5: Yeah, I, 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 I agree on the Yakupov one. He, I mean, he went down a little easy. It, was, it should have been a call on both of them. And I agree with that one. The misconducts they gave out to Maroon, Cassian, and I believe it was Kanaughton, that, that's not new to the National Hockey League. That's been around since I played and it was around from before I played. Uh, in a game where the referee has decided it, it's probably over, you know why, why have anything stupid happen at the end of the game? And not only is he doing it to, to, to keep the game fair, he's doing it for the players too. He doesn't want anyone to do something silly at the end of a hockey game that gets themselves in trouble and someone is missing a game coming up, a suspension or something along that line. So the game was out of hand. The referee said, you know what, let's get these guys out of it. They're the big guys in the ice, and we'll just finish the game out. So I don't think he's trying to take the fun out of the game. I think he's probably trying to save uh, the players making a mistake themselves.
1: So the Oilers shut out on home ice again. So no donation tonight, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. That goes to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They do donate 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. As a, uh, a game where the Oilers' power play goes 0 for 3, they did have some almosts when they had a couple of power plays early in the second period. You don't get anything for almosts. I, I mean, Rob, what... I mean, look, it's at the point now it is 1 for 29 in the last 13 games. That's, I mean, if they were 4 for 29, you'd say they were doing poorly. They're 1 for 29. Well, mean, I, what, what do you change at this point?
5: Well, I, I think you you split up Dreisaitl and McDavid. You let each uh, unit be run by one of those. They're, they're the two, I believe, smartest players, uh, the guys that can create the most, that think the game the best. And and I think you got to get away from the some of the types of systems they've got going on their PP. I I think it's just it's they're, it's a very perimeter power play. They they like getting the puck up to the the point and a guy walking in and, and shooting a lot of the time a forward and a lot of the shots are wrist shots. I I think they got to get a little more gritty a little uglier. Uh, I mean, I, I'd love for one of the left-handed defensemen to learn how to play, take a right-handed slap shot, one-timer. If we could teach one of the guys that, it would make it effective. Because the Oilers right now do not have a one-timer. Because everything comes from the offside of, for McDavid and uh, I Jordan Eberle is on the one PP, and he's a right-handed shot, but he doesn't take one-timers. There's no defenseman that they can throw on the back end that has got a big shot that's a one-timer. And I think that allows the penalty killers that extra second to defend because they, they can cheat towards McDavid or they can cheat towards Settle because they know when the pass is off their stick to the guy it's going to, he's not going to one-time the puck. He has to stop it and adjust his body for the shot. That allows the defender that much extra time to get out there. So something has to be done because this is a team that has gotten great goaltending and the power play has let them down on too many nights lately.
1: 4 nothing Arizona wins it. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We have Will standing by. Hey, Will, good to hear from you. What's up?
6: Good evening. Yeah, just uh, coming from the game tonight, and I, I agree with Rob that uh, the power play is a bit too uh, stationary for one, and they don't have anyone on the off wings, whether point or winger, to hammer the puck, you know. And I uh, noticed uh, we don't have that option one or two on a power play. Like, there is really no one uh, capable at this point, And I think that's one of the main reasons why we struggle on the power play. I mean, there's uh, no one that, that can tee it up, you know, and nobody going for the rebound, right? Well, Too many guys standing still.
5: Yeah, you're right. But
6: other I mean... than that,
5: there's, there's, there's different kinds of power plays. There's some that are set up with a big bomb from the point where they put guys in front of the net. The others obviously can't do that because they don't have the bomb from the point. So there's other yeah. teams that you see around the league that don't have it either. They become a much more creative, much more movement where they start yeah, moving and trying to get lateral, the defenders. Lateral, yeah, right? yeah, and get the defenders out of position so that they can uh, somehow create uh, a two-on-one somewhere, create a mistake by the defenders. And I think that might be the way that the others will have to do have to go yeah. simply because they don't have that shot. There, there's no no oiler, if you think about it, that's got a shot that you that the opposition fears from, from far out. So that yeah, means you got to get in tight to get the goals and the others really don't do a lot around the blue paint on their power plays.
6: That's right. So it needs to improve a lot and I think it comes down to the coach to identify that and maybe the GM will uh, try to address that in offseason, I, I, I hope anyway. So but good game nonetheless. I mean, you're going to win some and lose some, and uh, we keep rolling, right? Thanks. Yeah,
1: we got 11 left this year. Well, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780 496 Going to read a quick text here from... Jackie, who says, might be time for Yakupov to get a fresh start. The interview between Bob and Nail before the game sounded like Nail is frustrated and wants a new start with a new team. Officiating at the end of the game was garbage. Linesmen don't allow the fight and then gave Cassian a misconduct for nothing. Weak Power play is garbage and has been garbage for the entire year. This was supposed to be a great coaching staff. Why is the power play as bad as it is? That is from Jackie. I will tell you this. Cassian got a misconduct for cross-checking stone on the arm. It was about a 3 out of 10 on the cross-check scale. But like Rob said, they detected something was up. There was 6 minutes left. You give a guy 10 at that point, you're throwing him out of the game. So that's why they decided to do that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, Paul, I'm glad you called. Because you have called on a night where you are guaranteed to win because you're our finish-the-play guy. So we're already going to give you 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. And uh, once we get around to it, you'll qualify for the grand prize draw, a $1,000 uh, prize to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. We'll do that in a second, though. First, what's our, uh, your question or your thought on the game?
6: Um, I think, uh, I
2: don't know, their power play was terrible just lately it's, it's been really bad and I'm, I'm just wondering why they play so good on the road and then they come home and just I don't know they just tank it on the, at home
5: well you're right I think sometimes when you get in front of your home crowd you want to uh, play a little looser you want to play a little more fun maybe impress the, the the folks in the stands whereas on the road they were simply just grinding it out and the, the games weren't pretty they weren't exciting but they were wins and sometimes you get away from that on home ice and I think that uh, right now, the, the coaching staff is wondering the same thing, why they weren't able to do the same things they were doing on the road on home ice. And uh, the, the Oilers need to somehow find a way to have consistency in their game. Uh, they, they go through spurts four or five games in a row where that you see this new gritty style and you know blocking shots and getting pucks in deep and being physical and doing what it takes, and then they get away from that. And It's something that we've seen for a last number of years here. Consistency has been an issue for this Oiler Hockey Club. And teams that lack consistency in their game are teams that are usually on the outside looking in come April.
1: Paul, yeah. let's let's do finish the play here for you, Paul. Matthew, what have you cooked up? I'm curious, really curious. Plotnikoff comes thundering in on the forecheck. Martinuk down low in the Edmonton zone. Kicks it out to Murphy. Loads and fires. Shot tipped. And Edmonton able to funnel it through. Here's Taylor Hall. It's a breakaway. Back hitter. All right, Paul, I assume we're just going to put your name in the grand prize draw. Do we? Even, yeah, that's, you you that's don't even no need to say it. Okay, <laughs> Matthew, we don't need to play it. Paul, good to hear from you, man. Hope you have a good awesome. Sunday tomorrow.
2: I, I got one qu- oh, more question. Sorry, go ahead. Me. Yeah. I, what's the chances of you thinking Edmonton get
6: ekman Larson next year?
1: Yeah, I'm, think- not, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I guess we'll see where Arizona and Edmonton wind up in the draft lottery. I mean, they're both going to draft relatively high. Well, I guess Arizona right. is, what, eighth last now, Edmonton's second last. Um, it'll depend on the lottery spot. I, I still think, for me, if it's a right shot D, Hamannick's more realistic in my mind, though he doesn't have the offense that OEL has, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. We appreciate no. you calling. 780 496 4-0, the Coyotes win it. Vermette, couple of goals and an assist. Smith, a 44-save shutout. Coyotes are coached by Dave Tippett, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
4: Dave, Mike even just said the goal wasn't to come in here and pitch a shutout, but what did you see from your goalie tonight?
7: Well, with a tough turnaround last night from Calgary, uh, we knew the goaltender was going to have to be good for us tonight, and uh, you know he was anxious to get back. Yesterday, he came to me and said, "I think I can play tomorrow." and on a tough turnaround, this, uh, we, we put him in a tough situation. He reacted and played very, very well. He was tested early. Then the injury was tested. It looked like a little late. Yeah. Are you glad to see both? Yeah, both of them. I mean, we we gave him enough shots tonight so he <laughs> can get a good feel for it. But uh, we've got four days off now. We, we've been on the road an awful lot here. I think we've probably only been home five days in the last 21 or something like that. So we've got a little time at home. So it was a good game for him. He can get a little rest, a little practice. And... Uh, now we feel like we've got two goaltenders that can play.
5: Dave, obviously the offensive front of him definitely gave him a lot of, uh, you know, room to ease in, but very productive. I think you know, to have three goals on only 12 shots. What do you talk about it?
7: Yeah, we were we were uh, opportunistic put it that way. Some of our I mean, our chances were pretty good chances to, uh, you know, two on one. The Burmese first one there. 5-on-3 so our chances were pretty good chances so it's good to see you capitalize on that but I thought we were pretty solid, like we wanted to play a real disciplined road game. We gave up some shots but lots some outside and uh, our defense competed real hard again tonight which is good to see so it was just uh, it was a solid team win, I think the guys wanted to play well for Schmitty and Schmitty certainly did his part.
5: Antoine's had a really nice little run here lately um yeah. is that maybe the chemistry that he's finding with alex or what what would you say that he's
7: yeah, just opportunistic he's he's taking advantage of his uh, it was opportunities you know his his goals are uh, good chances that he's creating and he's capitalizing on them you talked about Victor victory the of, of course of this road
5: trip dave is he continuing to uh, do things that cause you to notice him he's played
7: well you know he's a real smart player plays well in all situations um has some good skill and uh you know, playing with online with Hansel and Ryder, he's—they're real responsible line out there. Can play against anybody. He's played well lately. In terms of moving forward now with your goalies, I mean, this is kind of the best situation for you. Yeah. Isn't being figured out how you're going yeah. to play that out. No, I think both of them will get some time here, but we'll figure that out as we go along.
2: Phillips okay. here just to add insurance. You in know case. what? We had a
7: couple of things we were monitoring before the game, and uh, so we brought—we were—we were scared we were going to be short, so we brought him in. Uh, if we got through tonight, I'm not, we'll probably readjust tomorrow. Great.
1: All right. Thanks, Scott. That's Scott Johnson working the visitors dressing room tonight. The Coyotes win it for nothing along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We, we got to bring this up because we just <laughs> saw the Briar highlight. So Cooey has the hammer down one last rock in the 10th. He has one in the rings. Another one right at the top that looks out. A TV. It looked out.
5: It looked out. And Northern Ontario. They they were were sitting. Counting one. They were counting one.
1: Now he couldn't hit and stay because of the angle. So he picked it out. Lost his shooter. He knows he has one. And the measurement. I mean.
5: We're talking a millimeter. Unbelievable. It had to be a millimeter. It, it was unbelievable. Like, look, it looked out when you we're looking at it and when they're showing from the top camera. But it looked like now we didn't hear the voices because we're listening to the post-game show too. But it looked like one of the guys on, on Team Alberta thought it was in. Just by the way... He's like, he was confident.
1: Even before the measurement.
5: But they looked like it. Yeah. But we're going to give him credit whether he did or not. So,
1: So Alberta plays uh, Newfoundland and Labrador tomorrow. Isn't that another great? Goose? This field's incredible. I mean... Well, it, it's I hard. mean, Jacobs might be the best team in the world. He's out in the semifinals. I mean, didn't lose a game all week.
5: Well, it's probably the Bri- the Breyer has better teams than the World Championships. Yes, Depth-wise, yeah. yes. Yeah.
1: Oilers, w- uh, Oilers lose 4 nothing tonight to the Arizona Coyotes. We have more post-game reaction ahead. Uh, somebody asking the update on Clefbaum. He's been skating on his, else, on his own. He has not been skating with the team. I don't know if he's going to play again this season, quite frankly. There's only 11 games left.
5: Yeah, I, I just the way it is. I mean, he's going to need some time with the team before he can even think about playing, and it, this has been a long, long-term injury, so usually you get a week to two weeks with the team, and we're running out weeks to two weeks of time left in the year.
1: More ahead, Oilers shutout on home ice. Again, Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Sekhra, rubbed off the puck, did not get out of the zone, flipped down low, back hitter to save made by Cam Talbot against Sergei Plotnikov. That's Talbot's save of the game, courtesy of Armor Insurance, working today to protect your tomorrow. Talbot has been saving the Oilers' bacon lately, could not do it tonight. He's beaten four times on 29 shots. Mike Smith at the other end in his return from injury. He missed half the season, 44 saves. Coyotes beat the Oilers 4-0, along with... Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. Rob, just walking by tonight are the women and men of the Canadian Armed Forces who are tonight's home ice heroes. Yeah, it
5: was, it was actually great when being up at the press box at the end of the game when I was talking with Bob post-game. They had them all come out on the ice, and it looked so cool up there. Looked, you know the little Army figurines you see on all those cartoons and stuff? That's what it looked like as they're all walking out onto the ice. Uh, it's great that they are recognized for what they do. For, for us and for all the people that uh, live in a, the, the free country of Canada. Uh, I'm glad that the Edmonton Oilers take the time out to recognize them, they deserve it. And it was, uh, unfortunately, Not a great game for for all these young men and women who got the chance to be here, but I'm sure they had a great time. A bunch of them walked by with skates, some had helmets, so they got a chance to go out on Rex L.A., so good for them.
1: They are the Home Ice Heroes for ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet, hard work, makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at ATB.com slash Home Ice. All right, we got Mark on the line. Mark, thanks a lot for calling. What's going on?
8: Hey, Rob. Hey, Reed. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. We, uh, I was at the hockey game tonight. I'm from Calgary. Um, drove up to the game. Headed home tomorrow. I wanted to ask you guys really two questions. First, I want to talk about culture on the team. There's been a lot of chatter on the radio, on the talk shows, and uh, in the uh, blogosphere about this team having potentially a broken culture and maybe some of the players being the source of the problem, i.e. some of the younger guys that have been high draft picks but have just been losing their entire careers like to get your take on, is that really a legitimate concern, or do you think something else explains a lot of this losing?
1: Yes, I I think it is a concern. And I I don't know if you heard the the talk show I host on Wednesday when I was playing that clip that Patrick Maroon said after the game, where they gave up an early goal to the San Jose Sharks and they kind of got deflated. And you can't let one goal derail your night. And, you know, I, I think that... That's an indication that there's frustration here. There's maybe lowered standards as the result of of so many years of, I mean, how many times have even fans gone into the season thinking like, well, as long as they don't miss the playoffs by too much. I mean, you hope that as a pro athlete, that's not in your mind. But I, I think season after season does wear on you a little bit. And I think that's why. A guy like Maroon could be valuable. Not only is he the big-body forechecker that the Oilers need, he's come from a team that, while it hasn't won the Stanley Cup while he's been on the roster, has won a lot of games and often doesn't get pushed around in games.
8: I, I didn't hear that that show, Harid, uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm curious to know, do you guys, you're with, you're, you're around the hockey club more than the average fan like me. I don't have any more insight into the club than, than uh you know, just reading the newspapers, basically, and watching the games. Is there one or two players on the team
1: that are a problem in your opinion, or? Well, I, I wouldn't go that far to identify players because ultimately, I'm not there when it's just the players that are just in the dressing room by themselves. But I mean, there's. I mean, you can list off the guys who have been here for four or five years through a lot of the misery and like i've said one of the 6 million dollar guys is going to be traded and that's going to be i don't i don't know if it's going to be a shock necessarily but that's going to be a statement by shirelli and wh- whether whether they have attitude problems or not that's going to be a statement by shirelli saying look maybe 4 years ago these were the guys we were building around not anymore i'm finding guys who have different skill sets
5: well i think what's going you're going to see is status quo is no more i think peter shirelli said okay uh, what, what has been acceptable here where the bar was for work ethic, for for discipline, for, for dedication for for any of those things well it, it's too low, we're raising the bar and you either hop over that bar uh, and you're part of the Oilers organization going forward or if you don't want to reach that bar if you don't find that acceptable to, to your liking then we'll find another, another team for you, I think one of the biggest things, I mean there's a lot of deficiencies in this team that Peter Shrelly has to address and he's gonna have to address you know the defensive situation he's gonna have to address some bottom six forwards and and possibly some size again on the top six but I think the players that are coming in they have to have a certain skill set but I also think there's got to be a certain attitude that comes with these players I think they've got to come in with a little cache they got to come in with with uh, uh, a confidence where they can stand up in the dressing room and say you know what you guys may be the stars of this team but the Stars have not taken this team to where it needs to be. This is the work ethic we need in practice. This is what ex- is acceptable at the end of a game. Here's how you make a line change. Here's how you dip, be disciplined during the game. They need players that can stand up in the direction. They don't need fluff players to come in just because of the skill they have. They need solid, solid, uh, dedicated players in, in the, the Matt Hendricks fold that can play big minutes and can stand up in that dressing room, and when they talk, everybody listens.
1: And you need consistent standards from year to year. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's why that they, and I think that's why the manager and coach have to stay in place. Yeah. You can't have constant question marks there. Mark, thanks for calling, Ben. Thanks very much. 780-496-0063. More phone calls in a second, but back into the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. For all things diesel, here's Leon Dreisaitl.
9: Well, Leon, uh, I mean, a game where you guys generate a lot of shots, uh, some good chances, must be frustrating to get shut out when it's all said and done. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think we, we shot the puck enough tonight. Maybe we we didn't get to the paint enough and we weren't, weren't greasy enough and, and didn't bear down enough on, uh, in and around the paint. Just the power play as well. I mean, some good chances, but uh, maybe if you guys got one, maybe things would have changed. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely think you know if, if we get one uh in the power play you know maybe maybe that changes the game a little bit and, um but you know we we didn't and um you know we, we weren't sharp enough defensively to to beat them tonight does frustration start to kick in when you guys are generating looks but then maybe not getting a bounce or anything like that um yeah i mean it is frustrating but you know you, you have to keep going and um you know, we 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 have to find a way to to beat teams and and score goals and 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 not get scored on. So, um, we 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 have to work on that. When you look at uh, this recent stretch here, you guys have been playing some good games on the road. But uh, overall, I think you guys are one and six at home in your last seven. Um, is there any reason for that in your mind? Do you think? Um, I don't know. Maybe. You know, we 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 haven't been sharp at home. Obviously, um, it's no secret, but. Um, you know, we, we, we've been pretty good at home over the over the season. So uh, I think we just have to get back uh, back to playing the way we've been playing before, and that's simple, simple hockey. And um, you know, um, I'm sure I'm sure the the, the wins will come. Thanks, Leon. <laughs> That's Leon Dreisato. All
1: right, thanks. Brendan Oilers shut out 4 nothing by the Coyotes. No Japanese Village. Goal light. The Oilers have to score five in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. When they do it, you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown south side, and north side. Brad and Mike, you are up next on the phone lines. Terry Paranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Mike Smith back in net for Arizona, 44 saves, shutting out the Oilers 4-0. He's the first star tonight, Antoine Vermette, two goals and an assist. The second star, third star tonight, going to... Where am I, Rob Brown? Michael Stone from the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. Check out maauctions.com.
5: Well, you and I were talking about we thought uh, Jordan Osterley had another nice game tonight. Played 25 and a half minutes, which was more than any other Edmonton Oilers. Uh, quite a bit more than any. Uh, he, he continues to impress. He, he's a guy right now that's trying to send a message to the management and the coaching staff that he wants to be in the mix for next season. Uh, he's a smart hockey player. Moves the puck well. Uh, not a physical player, but puts himself in the right uh, areas to to en- enable himself to angle the opposition off in the right places. So I thought Jordan Osterley in a game where the Edmontoners were not near good enough. I thought Jordan Osterley was good enough.
1: We have Brad on the phone line. Hey, Brad, you're on with Robin Reed. What's up?
2: Give me a call. Um, uh, for yourselves, uh, Rob. Uh, you talked to a gentleman earlier on who made a comment about the no fun refs yep. and how they kind of downplayed the, the potential fight at the end of the night. Yep. Um, as it goes, I really wish there would have been a fight that would have been happening. Uh, this game was not an entertaining at all for an order, and it wasn't entertaining whatsoever.
5: No, you're right. But the referees, <laughs> they're not thinking that when they make those calls. They're thinking they don't want someone jumping someone. They don't want someone initiating something and getting suspended. They're simply, you know what, this game is over. Let's just be done with these players get them out of the way and that's why they did it so i, I get understand. It. Look, what you're i understand saying there, they're, they're I, well, protecting
2: the players they're yep. protecting these two guys but they were actually willing, willing combatants they were no. it wasn't like the nerve situation from a couple of nights ago yeah but right
5: but the, but the refs right now are thinking simply this game is over you know what if one fight starts here and one of these guys beats up the other guy well then there's going to be retribution someone's going to come out in the next shift and start something they just want the game to be over. They don't care if it was a bad game for the Edmonton Oilers fans. They're simply thinking, let's get this game finished. Everybody is healthy right now. There's no suspensions. There's not going to be a change in the outcome if we allow these guys to fight. So I understand why they're doing it, and they said, let's just get the th- get like, these guys out of the game. Do you really think there would have been more fights there afterwards if Maroon would have fought him? Well, it would have, what if one of those guys would have beat the other guy to a pulp? Then all of a sudden, that the if if Sam the odds of that happening
2: are really rare. When you have two combatants face to face, unlike the nurse situation, it would be face to face, a good fight. And like you got these Canadian soldiers at the game to watch an entertaining game. Didn't happen that way. It, it does make it really into a no fun game.
5: Yeah, but the referees, I mean, their job isn't to make a game exciting or not exciting. That, that I mean, that is they have no thought on that at all. Their thought is to make sure this game is played clean and fair. And at this point, the game was over. The score is 4-0. There's no way the Oilers were coming back. The fight would have not changed the, anything to do with the outcome of the hockey game. So they're simply saying, you know what? Let's get these guys out of the game. Let's get this game finished and move on. If yeah, these players sure wanted, that- if they wanted to fight, why didn't they do it? Early in the game, in the first period or the second period, and well, there that was point,
2: actually the bump at that time. There was the bump from Maroon hit the guy, the guy hit Maroon back, okay, well we're going to face off now. Cassian, I do believe he was probably kicked out of the game because he would probably made something comment to the ref saying, "Oh, oh he crossed it was.
1: Stone." He cross-checked Stone on the arm. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh, I missed that one. Sorry, guys.
5: So uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, I I want, I'd love to see a fight too, uh, absolutely. But the referee's job is to get the game over with, and they're they're thinking, all right, this is nothing to do with hockey anymore. This is simply frustration boiling over, and let's just get it done with. So I understand the entertainment value for for the fans, but the referees—that's not their—that's uh, not their responsibility.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the NHL is not listening to my conversation whatsoever because they have better <laughs> things to do at about what 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night than listen to some ranting guy in Edmonton. Well, they don't listen—they don't, uh, listen.
1: yeah. don't listen to us either, Brad. Thanks. What?
2: They... Oh, come on—they have to listen to you, Reed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wish. Thanks a lot for calling 780-496-0063. We also have Mike standing by. Hey, Mike, thanks for
2: calling. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. All right. This is, sorry, first-time caller. Um, it kind of sucked that uh, every mistake that we made, they capitalized on because I felt that we really had a control of the game there, but it is what it is. I was actually had a cool question for you guys. Um, these unsportsmanlike conduct calls um, – are they at the referee's discretion, or is yes. there, like, an actual NHL, like, minimum guidelines? Does well, they they just, if, they,
1: if they think the guy embellished a foul against him...
5: Is that what you're talking about, the one on Yakupov, or are you talking about the ones earlier in the game?
2: I'm talking about... Well, they called two embellishments this game. Yes. Yep. And uh, I'm also talking about the one, like, uh, e- even a couple nights ago when Nurse was... Uh, beaten the crap out of out of Polak, They called the, the bench miner. So I'm just wondering if there's like a minimum guideline
5: well, yeah, there's, that there's, they go by. Well absolutely there's always guidelines for, for penalties. They they're not just saying to the referee, here's carte blanche quote and call whatever you want. There's there's the NHL rule book. Uh, and here's what what a penalty is and here's what a penalty isn't. I think there's some latitude given to the referees to decide if it falls inside of the parameters that the the, the league wants. But, yeah, the, every every call that is made on the ice has to fall within the the, the, the guidelines that the NHL uh, has set out for the rules for the National Hockey League.
1: Okay. okay. All right. Thanks, Thank thanks, Mike. We appreciate you calling. Coyote, shut out the Oilers for nothing. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life, the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com dot com. Well, you had Hall, McDavid, and Everly starting the uh, third period together as the Lions got shaken up again in a uh, desperate attempt to get something going.
5: Yeah, and I think that's something you might see next game, and I believe you might also see Nugent Hopkins playing with Dreisaitl on his wing. I think that the Edmonton Oilers, over the last 11 games, want to find out Uh, if they have the three centermen and keep the three centermen, McDavid, Dreisela, Nugent Hopkins for next year, is one of those players capable of playing on the wing? How does he look on the wing? How do these lines look going forward? They need to decide what they have now and what they need come summer. And to do that, they're going to start throwing a lot of different combinations together to see if they can have success at all with the players that they already have.
1: 4 nothing, Arizona over Edmonton. You'll hear from the winning goaltender, Terry Peranich overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Broadcast. Center. This is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line on Oilers Radio. Six thirty. Chad.
1: He misses the last forty games. He returns and makes forty four stops to shut out the Edmonton Oilers for nothing. He is Arizona goaltender Mike Smith, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
8: Better first game to ease back in after three months off.
4: I wouldn't call it an ease back in, but um, it was nice to get back out there, obviously. I think, um, you know, I haven't played in a long time and um, I couldn't, you know, draw it up much better than that. I think I owe a lot of thanks, though, to a lot of people. I think, uh, you know, my training staff and um, equipment staff here, my goalie coach John, I think there's been a lot of people that have helped me uh, you know, through this process and it's been frustrating at times and my family's, you know, and my friends have been you know, supportive so I think those people are very important through a time where it's not, uh, it's not fun as an athlete going through but I think uh, to have that support is special so I think uh, those people owe a, owe a big thank you.
7: Does a performance like this,
8: does
5: it give you reassurance that maybe that was the right call, even though the process was frustrating and it had ups and downs, it looked like it was the right decision to make?
4: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't go through what I was going through uh, any longer, so I think it was just a matter of time before I, I needed to have it done, and it was unfortunate it had to be during the season, but um, you know, I'm just going to put it behind me and, and try and improve. Tonight was a pro- part of the process too. I think just getting back in the game, it was nothing like, Practicing for a month, I think uh, there's a lot of challenging moments out there. Um, Ones that I'll get through and and get better from, but uh, it was a good start.
1: All right, that's Mike Smith, the winning goaltender tonight. Quite a return for him. Forty-four safes. Other action tonight. Rob quickly running through it. Bruins over the Islanders, 3-1. Eichel, two goals. The Sabres beat the Hurricanes, 3-2 in overtime. He's
5: he's putting a case forward to being rookie of the year. He's been very, very hot as of late, and I believe the overtime goal was with one second left in overtime as well.
1: The Wild beat the Habs, 4-1. Red Wings over the Rangers, 3-2 in overtime. Senators shut out the Leafs, 4-zip. Panthers over the Flyers, 5-4 in a shootout. The Jets beat the Avalanche. Three two. The Blues beat the Stars five four in overtime. The Canucks over the Predators four two. Sharks beat the Capitals five two, and the Devils over the Kings two one in overtime.
5: Yeah, the one game that caught my eye tonight was the the Stars and the Blues. Those are two uh, very good hockey clubs. Uh, St. Louis has been as good as anyone as of late. Dallas trying to make a, a push to. To be uh, one of the elite teams this year, they've got, uh, they picked up the little things so at uh, the trade deadline, and two very good teams went at it tonight, and it took extra time to finish it off.
1: All right, our next broadcast here on 630, Ched. Monday, we'll sign on at 530 with the face-off show. The game against the Nashville Predators will start at 7. Rob, I will see you then. Sounds good. The Oilers lose tonight 4-0 to Arizona. Remember to move your clocks ahead one hour before you go to bed tonight. The studio producer this evening... Matthew Panaschik, the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Jet, is Sid Smith. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.